As a small child, I was often asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, a firefighter, police officer, a nurse, an astronaut, etc. It's an understandable question meant to help young people seek a worthy path in life. But is there a better question? As a young adult, I encountered Jesus for the first time and began following his words and his ways. And that's when I discovered he asks a better question of his followers. And that question is, who do you want to be when you grow up? Because to follow Jesus is more than what we do. It means to desire to become like him. It's a better question because it requires us to exercise both faith and imagination. As Hebrews 11 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. All children have this powerful capacity to imagine. They also have a simple, trusting faith. It's why I think Jesus said we should aspire to become like little children. Now, my grandchildren have great imaginations, and my granddaughters, Presley, and Denver have a toy tea set complete with plates, cups, and saucers. And sometimes they want me to sit next to them while they serve me a drink or a snack. And of course, the cup is empty and the plate has no food on it. But the amazing thing is they have the ability to see both the tea in the cup and the snack on the plate. They even say, now, Pa, don't spill it, as they watch me eat and drink. So when Jesus says, become like little children, what is it that you imagine God is saying that he can do in you and through you as you follow him? It's also a great question to ask of ourselves as a church. What is it that we imagine God can do in us and through us at Gateway? Essentially, who are we becoming? What I'm referring to is the journey of faith who we become after our salvation and baptism. Now, salvation is our personal surrender to the Lordship of Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. Baptism is the public commitment we make to follow Jesus as part of his family, the church. As I've often said, faith is always personal, but it's never meant to be private. Beyond these commitments, there's a spiritual process of sanctification. Big word, but hang in there. It's primarily the work of the Holy Spirit in us over time to make us like Jesus, if you like, to make us holy. God's Spirit is at work in and through us to make us holy, even if we are not aware of it. Philippians says, For God is at work within you, helping you to obey him, and then helping you to do what he wants. You see, holiness is an act of God's grace that helps us to become like Jesus over time. God is aligning our hearts and minds according to his will. But our holiness is also in part the outcome of our energy and will to cooperate with God. Now, imagine if you would, you know, an airport walkway. Marcy loves these. And when, when we're going on a flight, you know, I'll be trundling along and she'll jump onto the walkway and she'll be going exactly, putting in the same effort and the same speed that I'm walking, but the walkway moves her 
fast past me. And so she just sort of waves at me as she's going past. She loves it. The walkway is meant to add power and momentum to our efforts. So using that analogy, attaining to holiness as a Christian is the result of both the work of God in us and the subsequent efforts we make to be like him during our time here on earth. Peter says, He who called you is holy, so be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Holiness is being like Jesus in thought, word, and deed, though we never arrive at perfect holiness this side of eternity. Holiness is the goal of our faith journey. Jesus is the who that we should aspire to be like as we grow up. Well, what does that look like? The great 18th century English pastor and founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley, described holiness as the renewal of the whole image of God, the whole person, the whole of creation. He was a Christian social reformer who broke down barriers between the social classes. He advanced the role of women. He spoke against slavery and worked to remove social, political and economic injustice to free ordinary people from from poverty. He's actually one of my personal historical heroes, and uh, I've gained a lot from reading his writings. To him, being holy was more than a pious individualistic pursuit, you know, like personal holiness. Now, Wesley knew personal holiness is essential and includes private prayer and Bible devotion and the practice of private spiritual disciplines like silence and solitude and fasting, etc. So that's important. But Wesley also taught the practice of social holiness, and that's the shaping of our spiritual character to become like Jesus through our relationships together in the faith. And then that shows forth in our connection to the environment, even by the transformation of economics and politics. So in the new framework of this life in Christ, God is forming us into the likeness of his Son. As we go, we are to personally imitate Jesus. And at the same time, we are shaped, spiritually formed, made holy by being together. Our pathway to holiness is also a discipline of the community of faith, the church. We cannot have one without the other. They go hand in hand. A person cannot grow in personal holiness without giving of themselves to those in need. Matthew says, just as you did for one of the least of my brothers or sisters, you did for me, quoting Jesus. Likewise, a person's personal spiritual growth leads to the will to help other people. James says, but some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from works and I will show you my faith by my works. We are to shape each other and then influence the world for Jesus together. The generations, different church denominations have valued one holiness over the other. They've majored in personal holiness and promoted the pious life, or they've majored in social holiness and mainly practiced social justice and service. 
But I've come to understand and I wanted to share with you today that complete holiness should always be our focus. We should never ask or strive for anything less than a complete relationship with God through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And this can only be possible when we allow him to guide us to personal and social holiness. Jesus is asking all believers, including all at Gateway, to join him in this new and different life that embraces both forms of holiness, that we might see as Wesley imagined, the renewal of the whole of the image of God in people and in all creation. So the only flag we need to fly over the church is the Jesus flag, and this attests to our desire and intent to grow up in all ways to be like him. That flag says, Here be a group of people, yet imperfect, where God is at work. Come and see. Christian scholar J.I. Packer says, The holiest Christians are not those just concerned about holiness as such, but those whose minds and hearts and goals and purposes and love and hope are most fully focused on Lord Jesus Christ and his work. As John Wesley famously said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Jesus tells us what holiness looks like in Matthew 22. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Holiness, living a life dedicated to God, does not simply mean living for yourself or even just living for others. It means living your life for God in everything we do. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus, God's people will be equipped to do better work for him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity, until finally we all believe alike about our salvation and about our Saviour, God's Son, and all become full-grown in the Lord. Yes, to the point of being filled full with Christ, holy like him. So what could that look like? It could look like a church where fun and encouragement is highly valued, deeply embedded and flows freely to all. A church where people worship with such passion that lives are transformed and multitudes are drawn to God's presence. A church where everyone is welcomed, a place of inclusiveness so people of every age, race, gender and sexuality find a place of service in God's family. A church where children are loved and valued and raised in the knowledge of God who has a plan and a purpose for them. A church where young people are accepted and empowered to follow Jesus in an atmosphere of friendship and faith. A church where giving and generosity overflows to bring hope and practical help to the lives of the poorest people 
and children living in developing nations like Papua New Guinea. A church where compassion and concern provide for the needs of the homeless of our city. In short, holiness looks like a church that takes hold of the real life Jesus gives and has a passionate concern for our world. So, who do you want to be when you grow up?